You're listening to Day 35 of A Little Bit of Heaven, a special study from North Richland Hills Baptist and Cross Church, focusing on the Christian hope for this life and the life to come. Here's Pastor Scott Mays. Do all paths lead to heaven? I'm told that there's a cemetery in Indiana somewhere with an old tombstone bearing this engraving. Pause, stranger, when you pass me by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be, so prepare for death and follow me. But an unknown passerby read those words and underneath scratched the following reply. To follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. (laughs) Well, many people in our culture today feel that all paths lead to God. All paths lead to heaven. In fact, none other than the Mahatma Gandhi. And his autobiography said, I could accept Jesus as a martyr, an embodiment embodiment of sacrifice, and a divine teacher. His death on the cross was a great example to the world, but that there was anything like a mysterious or miraculous virtue in it, my heart could not accept, end quote. The truth is, the overwhelming number of people, when asked if Jesus Christ is the only way to get to God in heaven, say no. We are surrounded by people many people who attend church who say, no, Jesus isn't only the only way. So do we still think that Jesus is the only way? Well, listen carefully to the words of Jesus. He would tell his disciples in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the truth. He didn't say, I point to the truth. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I point to the way. Remember the story of Lazarus and his death? Well, Lazarus had a sister by the name of Martha. Martha says to Jesus, you know, if you were here, Jesus, Lazarus wouldn't have died, but we know he'll be raised in the resurrection of the dead in the last day. Jesus replies to Martha, I am the resurrection. He didn't say, I point to the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. Or think about the story in Mark 2 where Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath. The leaders come together and say, you shouldn't be working on the Sabbath. We shouldn't be working on the Sabbath. What does Jesus say? I am the Lord of the Sabbath, he says in reply. I don't point to the Sabbath. Instead, I am the source and author of the eternal Sabbath rest. Later, Jesus will say these words in Matthew 23. Therefore, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you kill and crucify. Did you catch that? I send you prophets and wise men and scribes. Jesus is claiming to be God, not just a servant of God. He would tell the religious teachers who sought to silence him, but hours in front of his crucifixion, one day you will see me judging you at the right hand of God the Father. The truth is, Jesus Christ spoke about his own life. He said before Abraham, I was or I am. He's speaking of a life he had with God the Father more than a thousand years before his own time. Jesus is convinced that he's the door to heaven. I am the door, Jesus says. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus Christ will not sit in a row with other founders of world religions. He won't sit there and say, you know, all of us are good ways. No, no, he won't do that. If I'm going to believe in Jesus at all, I have to believe he's the superior way. 
If I don't believe he's the superior way, it means I cannot believe in Jesus at all. One of the disciples would later echo the words of Jesus in Acts 4.12, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Peter's words are straight from the tap, if you will. He heard from Jesus. And these words represent an unvarnished look at the early church's conviction that there wasn't a back door to heaven. Again, salvation no one else. Now Peter had many friends and loved ones who were Jews. When he said this, he knew what he was risking. There was emotional implications of what he was preaching and teaching. For by saying that Jesus Christ alone represents the only door to heaven, Peter knew that this risked cutting off dear friends and family who rejected the gospel. But now many of us today that want to adjust the gospel in this only way, we don't realize that when the early church spoke these words, their word was more varied, more relativistic, and pluralistic than our own. For example, in the Roman world, you would have believed several things if you were the normal Roman. Everyone would have believed that there are many gods, and everyone would have had his or her own gods. Secondly, every god had limited sovereignty. You had the god of Ephesus and the god of Sparta. Certain gods had certain regions, sovereignty over certain spheres, you might say. You could have the god of agriculture, the god of war, the god of love, something like that. One thing that was understood in that society is that there was not just one god, one god over all the other gods. No one had the supreme god who was better and superior to all of the gods. People today say, well, this is just narrow, this idea that there's one God. Therefore, I don't have to look at the claims of Christianity. But it was narrow to the original hearers. But they saw something in Christianity in spite of its apparent narrowness that got them to believe. Remember, they had a profound impact upon the Romans. Their growth rate was incredible. Many Romans rejected their old views and accepted Jesus Christ. If we think of this in capitalism, a better business model produced. They rejected the mythology. They rejected the many gods. So what changed their mind? If Jesus were just another teacher like the rest, if he comes along like Muhammad or Buddha, and he comes along and says, you obey my teaching in hopes that you might get into heaven, you could see that there really was only three choices on such a thing. If you believed Jesus, that is, you believed that you were good, and if you're extraordinarily good at obeying him, then you might have extraordinary confidence getting into heaven. Secondly, if you had ordinary obedience with him and you were left with ordinary confidence, you'd get into heaven. But what if your life was full of failures? Then you'd have almost no confidence, right? See, Jesus wasn't just another teacher sitting on the front row telling you he's pointing to the way, he's pointing to the truth. Instead, he died for many who had moral failures to be included, like you and me. Well-meaning people today say this so many times. I just don't think you have to believe in Jesus to be saved. I believe all good people can find God. But I want you to listen carefully. And I don't want you to think this is just rhetoric or exaggeration. I want you to take me seriously. When you say, I don't believe Jesus is the only way, I believe all good people can come. What you're really saying is, good people find God and bad people don't. In your effort to be more inclusive by saying good people find God, you just left me out because I'm a moral failure. 
We need faith in Jesus Christ, repentance from our sins, and the grace of God. Jesus is the only way to heaven.